Hello everyone. Welcome to the first episode of our podcast Philosophy Unscripted. I'm Sushrut. I'm Chaitanya. Your host for this podcast. Now we understand that there is no dearth of good philosophy podcasts, but what we found in most podcasts were that experts of particular field came and expounded their views. In some sense, the interlocutors had already made up their minds. Their views and conclusions were set. What we aim to do is in some sense an exercise in live philosophizing. So, Philosophy Unscripted is a way to show how individuals deeply interested in philosophy can organically engage with a concept right from scratch. We are not experts, but perhaps what we want to try is a kind of public philosophy with an aim to jointly arrive at a greater clarity of not only what we know, but also what we don't know. This is perhaps a callback to our inspiration Socrates, who just talked with people with a clear and sharp mind and philosophy automatically happened. Such a way of philosophy through conversations, we believe, can also break the ivory tower image of philosophy. There is a perception that philosophy is done by old men with long white beards staring into the horizon. That's not true. Anybody can do philosophy. All it needs is a desire to investigate fundamental questions and a willingness to pursue an inquiry with utmost honesty. So when we thought what should be the topic of our first episode, we immediately realized that the very fact that we can sit at home and think of doing a podcast was our privilege. So we decided to take the bull by its horns and devote our first episode to this much talked about but relatively less explored concept of privilege. So Chaitanya, what could be a first pass definition of privilege? Privilege uh, seems to be related to, in certain sense, uh, in a- to advantages. It can be said that one is privileged means one has an advantage that others do not have. Uh, one has something desirable. Uh, one has something as an extra perk or as a reward, which itself is the result of some prior higher standing or some kind of superiority that he or she enjoys in a society. Right. So, uh, so what I understand is we are linking advantages with privileges. But then do we mean to that all kinds of advantages people enjoy are also privileges? That does not seem to be the case, uh, Sushrut. Uh, I think advantages can be categorized in two kinds of advantages. One being earned advantages and the other being unearned advantages. And it seems that only unearned advantages can be treated as privileges. Advantages that are unearned uh, are the advantages for which we did not put in efforts to earn them. For example, advantages that we have by virtue of luck or birth for me are unearned advantages and therefore they are privileges. Right. Can you give uh, an example of what these uh, unearned advantages could be? 
yes so in my mind examples can be like male privilege or for that matter white privilege because being male or being uh, a skin color of certain kind uh, is not a matter of choice it's not something which we earn and therefore those advantages are privileges these earned advantages uh, which one enjoys as a result of how one stands in relation to society uh, are in that sense privileges uh, i think that privilege therefore is an earned advantage which is contingently valued by society as opposed to this unearned advantage the earned advantage therefore can be termed as entitlement so in this sense privilege is different from entitlement because we can argue that privilege is unearned advantage whereas entitlement is an earned advantage in fact privileges it's to have abundant opportunities in the very first place to obtain these entitlements when they are being denied to the contrast class right i think that's an important distinction you introduced between entitlements and uh, privileges but one thing that came to my mind when i was listening to you is uh, in all the examples that you gave of being white of being male these are all identities right so are privileges then necessarily related to identities yes i think sushrut you made a, a, a valid observation that yes all the examples that i gave uh, showed that privilege is related to identity in one one or the other way so yes therefore we can perhaps argue that one is privileged as a male or as a white male or as a heterosexual male because that particular identity is contingently favored by a society over other identities consequently it implies that privilege is not an absolute uh, privilege is not an absolute concept there can be in principle as many privilege as there are identities this is interesting uh i have another question does that mean that an individual can be privileged it with respect to certain identities while not being privileged with respect to certain other identities precisely precisely it is the case in fact that aspect of identity which is being privileged therefore is termed as superordinate identity while that aspect of identity which is not being privileged is termed as subordinate identity yes i mean i think this is worth exploring a little more uh, the fact that somebody could be privileged uh, in in one case by virtue of her identity but could be uh, you know not privileged on virtue of another identity i'll offer you an example that is uh, coming to my mind uh, uh, please see if if that is something that uh, you know can work so think of let's say an upper caste woman right uh, who is employing let's say a lower caste 
male in her household right for her uh, you know work in garden or any other case so clearly she is privileged with respect to uh, that man but let's say she is walking on a road right maybe maybe it's late at night then her identity of being a woman puts her in a place of lesser privilege when compared to the same man who might be you know fearlessly you know walking on road so the same women might be privileged in one context because of one identity but might be not privileged because of another identity in a slightly different context would 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 that be uh, an acceptable example yes i think uh, the example that you gave clearly uh, explains how uh, the same individual can assume superordinate identity at one point of time and therefore can be privileged while at the other point of time he or she can assume subordinate identity and therefore cannot be privileged i would like to add one more point to what you have said uh, so in relation to the example that you were giving while on a road a woman might be immediately aware about her lack of privilege whereas in her household for her privilege of being upper caste woman uh, in that sense uh, importantly will be less visible so the point what i am trying to make is this that when one belongs to a superordinate identity and thereby is a recipient of privilege then that privilege is far less visible to the person while a lack of privilege is often obvious to the person having a subordinate identity because in that sense that particular person is facing the consequence of lack of privilege i think that's a fascinating point uh, that you make chaitanya because what i think adds to this whole mystery around privilege is because of this invisibility right so the normalization of the status quo where we take for granted certain advantages that we have prevents this kind of realization of privilege think also about what sometimes is called as the luxury of the bystander so i might you know simply shrug my shoulders and walk away because i might not be the perpetrator but i am not the victim also right so it is precisely because of this invisibility that uh, you know oppression can continue unabated uh, in our society mm-hmm. so basically what uh, you know occurs to me is that when we are privileged we have to face far lesser obstacles and our wants are easily fulfilled and therefore we fail to realize privilege whereas when we are deprived and when we are made to suffer right because uh, of a lack of privilege this pain makes us immediately realize privilege and therefore as you pointed out the subordinate group by virtue of being subjected to the ill effects of privilege stands a better chance than you know somebody who belongs to the superordinate group and therefore maybe it is the subordinate group 
which has a greater chance of calling out privilege and telling the superordinate group of that which is invisible to them that is the superordinate group yes uh, so uh, what you were talking about uh, 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 about privilege that it is difficult to realize uh, it is difficult to realize uh, for oneself when one is having a privilege is precisely because our wants are easily fulfilled uh, you did mention that perhaps deprivation uh, that people belonging to superordinate identity feel is the reason that why for them privilege is visible so that makes me think that this notion of deprivation that people belonging to super subordinate identity face tells us that having privilege and not having privilege must be in some sense related to this inequality that exists in a society so can it can can the concept of privilege therefore be read in relation to inequality yes i think that uh, these are two closely connected concepts but i'm not sure whether one can be identified with another they are related because inequality clearly breeds privilege in the sense that uh, those who are benefited by inequality those who benefit by inequality often end up enjoying privileges right. and it is also not difficult then to see that every experience of privilege is the result of existing systems of inequality and i think mm-hmm. your observation is uh, valid because uh, it is this inequality which makes privilege have a kind of negative connotation in our discourse mm-hmm. the reason people call out privilege is to reveal inequality that is at the root of privilege the inequality that is at the root of privilege is unjustified because that inequality would be violating certain rights and therefore ends up being discriminatory so although these two are related i think it is inequality which is uh, at the root of privilege and is causing the most damage uh, through privilege right so while explaining this damage that inequality causes uh, through privilege uh, you did also mention uh, that privilege in certain sense is therefore is a violation of certain rights and therefore privilege gives rise to certain kind of discrimination so i i was thinking it's worthwhile to understand how privilege is distinct from uh, this notion of right and notion of discrimination uh, it seems that rights are granted and recognized in virtue of an individual's existence as a human being or a membership in a collective uh, group for example we do talk about uh, individual's right in relation to the nation that individual belongs to or individual's right in relation to the community that individual belongs to so therefore rights in that sense are absolute while privileges are conditional true i think that's the way perhaps we can make distinction between rights and privilege uh, and if we have to distinguish privilege from discrimination then maybe we can say that privilege is an ontological state 
that individuals find themselves in while discrimination is an action that emerges from the position of privilege so in other words all discrimination emerges from the position of privilege though this does not entail that all privileged positions necessarily perpetuate discriminations so do you think so should this is the correct way of distinguishing privilege from rights and from discrimination yes i think you have made uh, an absolutely important point and it is if i may say in uh, true spirit of analytic philosophy of introducing distinctions and arriving at you know a, a finer understanding of a particular concept so uh, i think we have uh, a much clearer understanding of privilege than we began with and we have been able to see how privilege can be distinguished from entitlements rights and discrimination but one thing still sort of bothers me and this is the practical aspect of uh, having privilege or dealing with privilege what should one do if one finds themselves as privileged right because as you know all of us uh, listening to this podcast uh, would agree that we find ourselves uh, at, you know in many instances with with privilege mm-hmm. so i i want to know i mean i or i'm thinking about this uh, and you can help me uh, should the privileged feel guilty Uh, since especially because we connected it with inequality and discrimination is guilt the the right response to being privileged okay so although guilt seems to be the most obvious uh, consequence of awareness of one's existing privilege for me it does not seem to be right kind of response uh, because if we observe it is very clear from our discussion that nobody chooses to be privileged so what i mean by that is this that in certain sense most of us are condemned to be privileged in one or the other way therefore as an implication of this condemnation entirely disowning one's privilege is not possible therefore more than mere accumulation of individual actions of eradicating privileges that we have or diminishing the privileges that we have it seems that privilege therefore has to be understood as the result of certain kind of systemic inequality and therefore the way to go ahead and the address the question of privilege has to be more than merely individual actions it has to be a collective endeavor a collective endeavor something like mass civil movements which can bring about major changes in society at systemic level and thereby diminishing the systemic privileges does that make sense right and uh, i think your response i was able to connect with uh, what is going on in our society also with respect to the whole nepotism debate in uh, bollywood these uh, you know bollywood stars uh, i mean whose whose parents were also in bollywood 
they cannot simply kick away their privilege right uh, and uh, nor do we want them to be perennially guilty or uh, um, i mean i don't think that is the right kind of response uh, but i also feel that while you are absolutely right in pointing out the role of system and how it has to be uh, something much more than individual acts being privileged also is being part of the problem and now i say this because whether we like it or not whether we chose it or not we continue to be beneficiaries of privilege so mm-hmm. therefore is there a possibility of us doing something more concrete at our individual levels such that we can become a part of the solution also in the sense that can some individual actions contribute to undermining the systems that facilitate privilege yes i think uh, the way you put it that if we have created the problem and in one sense we are the part of the problem then can we not be the part of the solution so yes certainly we can be agents of change so to say at individual level also even if earlier i did mention that privilege is the result of systemic inequality and therefore there has to be collective endeavor in fact a greater responsibility lies uh, with the individuals belonging to the superordinate group because they are acting from the position of privilege in fact members of superordinate group therefore at individual level must strive to undermine the structures of privileges moreover uh, what efforts the individuals of superordinate group put in, in at individual level to question the structures of privilege these efforts must also be visible and explicit to the subordinate group uh, because the members of the subordinate group should uh, be able to perceive this that these efforts themselves are caught coming from the position of privilege right uh, can you give an example uh, to to highlight what you are uh, what you have in mind yes yes surely so uh, i'll give an example to uh, explain what i mean by undertaking an individual effort uh, besides a collective endeavor so for example as a man when one is privileged in a patriarchal society uh, then in order to address the unequal system of patriarchy a man raising an objection or calling out a sexist joke can therefore be treated as an individual action of resistance an individual action from resistance which itself is emerging rightly from the privileged position so by undertaking this individual action a man will be in his localized way questioning the system of patriarchy thus for me individual actions of resistance by undertaking such actions we can shift the odds in favor of a new behavior a new behavior that will question the existing system of hierarchy and it will a new behavior that will contradict the core values that a systems like patriarchy uh 
assume and the systems of patriarchy depend on so i hope that this example makes sense uh, uh, in particularly in relation to how do we undertake an individual uh, act of resistance besides collective endeavor to question the positions of privilege yes that i think seems to be right uh, with the realization that we are privileged should also come a responsibility to undermine that privilege both as an individual and as part of a collective well i'm afraid that's all the time we have for today we hope this discussion helped you in some way to understand the concept of privilege and identify the pervasive nature of privilege our attempt was to engage with the concept of privilege in quite an unscripted manner to show an informal and yet analytic way of doing philosophy sometimes what philosophy does is to make the unfamiliar familiar and that which is familiar unfamiliar hopefully our effort has helped you realize this about the concept of privilege today we will be more than happy to receive your comments suggestions criticisms doubts or clarifications in this regard kindly reach out to us at philosophyunscripted@gmail.com thank you thank you